Are you ready for the Chase Young era, which could only be this season, to begin for the 49ers? That's right. The 49ers have traded for edge rusher Chase Young from the Washington Commanders. They gave up a third-round pick, which is nothing, especially when you consider the fact that they are looking at if they can't keep him beyond this season because he's a free agent after this season. And so if they can't keep him, which they probably won't be able to because he's still on his rookie deal, he's going to want big money, and uh, they're probably not going to be able to pay him because they're paying so many other people. And so if they lose him then and he goes and gets big money, then they could end up with a another third-round compensatory pick, which is probably what they gave up for him in, in the first place. So they are, at worst, renting Chase Young for a season. At best, they have a chance to sign him long-term. Again, I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think they're going to be able to pay what he's going to command. But uh, a great start for the 49ers. Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. Uh, it's exciting to to be on on trade deadline today, and so uh, like I said, good good uh, well good start and finish. I guess I guess they technically started the the trade season by um, getting Randy Gregory, and here's how they ended the trade season. From what uh, what we're seeing on on Twitter. This, uh, let me see who this guy, Wesley Steinberg, who is, let me see who this guy is. He's an NFL and New York Giants insider. He, uh, I mean, somebody tried to tell me this is a fake account, but he has, he has over 10,000 followers on Twitter. So I don't think that it's fake, but he said that the Giants had a trade agreed with the 49ers for a Dory Jackson, but failed to report it to the league in time. Stupid giants. They're screwing us again. They're always messing things up for the 49ers, whether it's in the playoffs when Kyle Williams can't get out of the way of the ball or Roger Craig fumbles or whatever. They're always screwing things up when they knock Joe Montana out of the, out of the game, the stupid giants really just kind of messing with us. Um, so yeah, uh, what's up, Josh? Yeah, great deal for the uh, for the 49ers. Like I said, a third round pick. And again, if they can somehow manage to sign him long term, again, I don't think that's going to happen. But if they can, that's great. If not, then um, they're essentially getting him for free. So yeah, Josh said rental for free. So uh, you think it's a troll account? Um, yeah, I mean, somebody said that, but uh, but the guy has uh, ten, like 10.4 thousand followers. So I don't think that he's trolling. I think that he's uh, an actual insider who's heard something. Now, is it true? Who knows? But I'm going to blame the Giants anyway, because <laughs> I uh, never liked them. So that's the great news, the really great news about Chase Young. Um, bummer news about Adoree Jackson that uh, that it was this close. They almost had him to 
which would have been a great haul for the 49ers. Uh, who knows what they would have been given up for him, but that would have been a cool, uh, cool thing to, to take to your fan base and say, Hey, this is what we did on trade deadline. So, um, Here's the bad news. Aaron Banks, we found out uh, just uh, yesterday or Monday that uh, he's dealing with a turf toe injury, could miss a few games. That stinks because outside of Trent Williams, Aaron Banks is their best offensive lineman. And Trent Williams, it's possible that he may not play in Jacksonville. So maybe he's still going to be dealing with this ankle injury, the the sprain. And... Uh, what uh, what's that going to look like if they don't have Trent Williams or Aaron Banks? Um, then you're looking at Jalen Moore and John Feliciano. I'm guessing um, so that uh, that could spell trouble, especially against uh, the Jags. Josh said two Buckeyes on the edges. Yeah, reunited Buckeyes. Uh, you know, if Nick Bosa was Nick Bosa from last season, and maybe he's going to turn into that then what do you do? You're, you're going to, you're going to double team Nick Bosa and then let Chase Young come uh, like one-on-one. Now this, uh, the past couple of games, I don't know if Nick Bosa has been double teamed that often. And so I'm just not sure that, uh, I, I don't know what's up with Nick Bosa. We're going to get into that a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, I love this. The 49ers needed the buy. They needed to bring in somebody like Chase Young who can supercharge this defensive front, this pass rush. I really was hoping that they could land a corner. Um, I was hoping they could get a good outside corner that would move Diamador Lenore inside to the nickel corner, or if they could get a good nickel that uh, would keep Lenore on the outside. But that uh, sounds like that has not happened. So if you happen to see anything else uh, uh, pop up on Twitter that you think that uh, that we need to talk about, then let me know. But uh, right now, this is what we're looking at. So let's get into our mailbag. It hasn't yet been released. Um, I think I'm going to release it in the morning. I probably would have released it this afternoon because it's ready to roll. I just was waiting to see if anything happened at the trade deadline. And once, uh, once I found out that uh, Chase Young was coming to San Francisco, then uh, at that point I was like, I'm not going to release this mailbag today because it's going to get lost in all of the Chase Young stuff. Uh, but uh, so let's get into this. Here's the thing. Whenever we do a 49ers mailbag and the 49ers win, there's always plenty of questions. But when we do a 49ers mailbag and the 49ers lose, there's more than enough questions. And when it's at the tail end of a three-game losing streak, there's lots of questions, lots of comments, and then most of them are angry. So I've narrowed it down to a handful to so that I can address these um, without making people read forever, or in your case, making you watch or listen forever. So let's jump in. This is from Robert. I had faith in the 49ers before the game. This He's talking about the uh, Cincinnati game. But now I'm not sure. Was it wise to start Purdy? Their offensive scheme is supposed to be able to work with almost any quarterback, so why not try Darnold? It couldn't hurt. And with the team going in a downward trend, Purdy not having good games or numbers and having turnovers at crucial times, why not make a change? 
it could have turned things around for them like Purdy did last year. Now, I don't know if he's saying make a change for good, like bench Brock Purdy, or if he's just saying for this game, since Purdy's coming off of a uh, concussion. But regardless, Brock Purdy was cleared to play. He said that he felt fine. That's why he played. And I think for the most part, it was fine. You know, the two, the, the concerns were that uh, on a few of those times where Purdy scrambled, instead of sliding like, like quarterbacks should do, he dove head first, which I didn't like. And uh, there were a couple of times that I feel like I, maybe they had like third and short or fourth and short, something like that. And, and in, in those times, maybe they would normally quarterback sneak, but they just didn't want to put Purdy in harm's way. So, uh, so that didn't happen. But there was that one play toward the end of the game where he got uh, hit low uh, and, and there was a penalty for roughing the quarterback when his head hit the ground and he actually grabbed his helmet. Um, that was concerning for sure. And so uh, sounds like he's okay, though, not having any problems as far as what we've been told. So hopefully that's good. As far as um, Robert saying that Brock Purdy has not had good numbers lately, I know that he's thrown four interceptions the past two games or something like that. Would he throw one in Cleveland, two in Minnesota, and two against Cincinnati, I believe. So that's five interceptions in the last three games. Um, he also turned the ball. He's, he fumbled. Uh, in uh, in the Cincinnati game. So I, I realized those things. But here's the thing. First off, he's still a young quarterback. What is he, 23 years old? He's only played, like, played the majority of the game. Uh, so I'm counting the Miami game last year when he didn't start, but he played most of the game. And so I'm counting that instead of the Philadelphia game where he did start but didn't really play, um, you know, other than just handing the ball off. And so he really only has played the bulk of 16 games. So he still is a young quarterback, and young quarterbacks make mistakes. Now, consider this. In Minnesota, Purdy was 21 of 30 for 272 yards with a touchdown. Now, we also have the two interceptions, uh, but, but 272 yards and touchdowns, not bad. Um, against the Bengals, 22 of 31 for 365 yards and a touchdown. So again, not too bad. So I don't think that his numbers have been have really been that bad. So which brings me to the next question, although this isn't a question, it's a statement from somebody named Juice, where he said, Brock Purdy ain't it. So you know this after 16 games. This isn't quite as bad as the people saying Trey Lance was a bust after only 10 quarters of play, but uh, but this is still like, how do you know he's not yet it? He's played really well for all but three games, and, and, and really in those three games, two of the three, he's, he's put up a lot of yards, he's moved the ball, they just haven't finished, and he's turned the ball over, and so... Um, so I just don't agree with this, this mindset that Purdy ain't it. So um, let's see. And, and then, you know, the other thing that I think about with that is that if you look at, look at how Jimmy Garoppolo played in Monday night football last night, uh, he was terrible. He leads the NFL in interceptions. I believe he's thrown eight or nine 
and and that's in six games. So he hasn't even played as many games as everybody. And then you look at the guy who's supposed to be the the league MVP, uh, Jalen Hurts. He's he leads the league in turnover. So he has one less interception than Garoppolo. He's fumbled the ball three times. So, I mean, if those guys can make mistakes, then so can Brock Purdy. There's also other quarterbacks who've who've thrown more interceptions so far this season than Brock Purdy. Josh Allen is one. Patrick Mahomes is one. Uh, Matthew Stafford is one. Now, I'm not saying Brock Purdy is as good as those guys, but the point is quarterbacks make mistakes, especially young quarterbacks. So I think it's way too early to say he ain't it or he's not getting the job done or that it's Sam Darnold time. That is not Sam Darnold time. Uh, so everybody just calm down. It's going to be okay. Uh, John asked, where is the team from weeks one through five? Well, I, you know, I wonder are injuries catching up to them. I mean, Debo's missed time. Trent Williams has missed time. McCaffrey missed most of the Cleveland game. So maybe that's some of it. Um, is the, the schedule may not be favoring favoring them very much. I mean, they've had consecutive trips to the uh, to the Midwest and played two teams that were coming off of, of a bye. That was Cleveland and Cincinnati. They played on a Monday night um, in Minnesota and then had to travel back home uh, on a short week to play a rested team that was coming off of a bye. Um, so. I just don't know if the schedule right now is, I mean, it's not an excuse because all teams deal with scheduling issues. I just think that it's, it's hitting them now. And Kyle Shanahan said that his team looks slow and tired and, and he's right there. They've just made way too many mistakes. The kind of mistakes that they've made have really been focused mistakes. I mean, you think back to the Brandon Ayuk, um, dropped pass where the ball hit him in the face mask. That's just a lack of focus, you know, unless the sun was in his eyes, but I don't think that it was. Um, Kittle had some drops. I mean, there's just, there's been a lot of drops, missed tackles. Dre Greenlaw's missed some tackles. And so he's just not right physically. Uh, so um, that's where the the team from weeks one through five is at. I just think that, that they're struggling through some things right now and, and they'll be fine. Uh, down by law asks, Kalia Davis sits inactive every week while the run defense is a, a, a sieve. Why? In camp, he looked like a good run stuffer. Well, Kalia Davis missed some time in camp. He had a hamstring injury, and so he did miss some time. And then he, when he did practice, I really don't remember hearing much about him. And so I, I just wonder if maybe he's just not – I mean, he's been injured a lot, so he hasn't developed the way that they probably hoped that he would. Um, but I, I think maybe he, the, the coaches just think he's not ready right now. And so um, hopefully he'll he'll get that development and, and in time provide some kind of run stuffing uh, ability. But I, I, I kind of am on the same page. I'd like to see him, but I, I would guess they probably just think he's not ready. Uh, let's see. Uh, next question uh, is asking this. This is kind of an interesting question because it comes like in the form of 
of of an option like uh so the, so this is kind of cool who would you rather have on the 49ers a nick bosa or b charles amenahu aziz alshire jimmy ward daniel brunskill two first round picks and one third round pick well i think that the way nick bosa is playing right now especially when you add in those two first round picks and the third round pick it would be tempting to go that route, uh, option B, as opposed to picking Bosa. But I think that Bosa is going to turn it around. And so in the end, you want a guy like Nick Bosa on your team. He's he's one of those difference makers that has elite skill, elite drive, um, elite motor. And he's just the kind of guy that you want on your team chasing down opposing quarterbacks. So I would stick with Bosa, but that is a pretty interesting question, and and I would be tempted to <laughs> to trade Bosa for all of that, but uh, not there yet. If he keeps playing like he's been playing, then definitely I'm going that route. Aaron asked, uh, Mitchell is not doing it, whereas Mason is. Why not feature Mason and play Christian McCaffrey in the slot more? Yeah, Elijah Mitchell has struggled. Now, he did have a good block on Sunday. I think it was on one of the McCaffrey touchdowns. Um, But yeah, when he's running the ball, he hasn't been doing well. Now, in his defense, when he's been getting the ball, he's had people all over him as soon as he has the ball. And so I'm not really sure what uh, Mitchell is supposed to be doing. He's just not, since he came back from injury, he struggled but the blocking hasn't been there. Jordan Mason is pretty effective when he runs. He runs hard. He runs downhill. He always seems to be falling forward. And so I would like to see Jordan Mason more. And I really like Aaron's idea of of having Mason in the backfield and McCaffrey in the slot. I think that, uh, not that I would go with that, you know, play after play, but uh, to shake things up and and to do that, I think is pretty interesting idea. Jim G asks, why does Kyle never address the right tackle problem? This is from Jim G. Is is this Jimmy G? Um, I'm assuming it's not. So let's, <laughs> uh, why does Kyle not address the right tackle problem? Well, the 49ers just outside of Trent Williams um, and and I guess Aaron Banks, they haven't put much into their offensive line. Brindle, uh, Burford, McKivitz, these, uh, these are not big investments on the offensive line. And I think that if the 49ers don't make it to the Super Bowl, if they if they if they fizzle out again, if they get down the stretch in a close playoff game and uh, now they have to drive down the field and score uh, or they're going to lose and the offensive line starts crumbling like it has in the past, then I, I think that this is going to be a big problem and that the that D- John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan would have failed by not building up the offensive line more. Now, at the same time, you can't pay everyone. I understand that, but uh they they need to put more into the offensive line. Uh, there's gonna they're gonna face a talented defensive front, like in Philadelphia, 
And, and, and so they need to be able to block those guys. And, and you're going to get in games like in, uh, in the postseason where it's, it's just going to be an all out war and you're going to have to be able to protect your quarterback and open up um, holes for your running backs to run through. And, and so I, I'm concerned not only about right tackle, I'm concerned about right guard. I feel like Burford has actually been worse than McKivitt's. Uh, Brendel is mostly good, but he wasn't very good on Sunday. Um, I didn't think, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have minded seeing them upgrade the offensive line at the trade deadline, but, uh, they have not done that. Henry asked, where is our number one D? Well, you have to wonder if the slight differences that Steve Wilkes uh, has brought to the table is kind of upsetting the apple cart, so to speak. Um, I just, I just don't know that uh, that what he's doing is really clicking with the defense right now. Uh, Richard Sherman talked um, yesterday uh, on Tuesday or on mon- Monday about how he's not real happy with how uh, Wilkes is doing things right now. He doesn't think that it's working. He even went as far as to say, I think that Wilkes needs to be on the sideline uh, instead of up in the booth. And so, and then he said, there's going to be big changes coming to, uh, to the 49ers in the next week. Now, I don't know what he's talking about. Don't know if he knows anything or if he's just assuming that there's going to be changes, but uh, Kyle Shanahan uh, has mentioned that he and Wilkes are going to be discussing whether or not Wilkes should be out of the booth and on the sidelines. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. I mean, every every coach is different. Vic Fangio likes being in the booth. Uh, Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans preferred being on the sidelines. So every coach is different. They all have their, their preferences. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there. <clears throat> the next thing is from Patty. And she asks, I don't understand how we can go from Super Bowl contenders to losing three games in a row. What happened? Well, first off, it's possible that the 49ers weren't as good as everybody thought. It's also possible that these three games are just a a fluke or just a bad string of games. So, um, But this isn't the first time that they've done this. Uh, Two years ago in 2021, they actually lost four in a row and five of six. Um, so this time two years ago, we were really down on the 49ers. And one of those games was a hideous loss to the Colt McCoy-led Cardinals. Um, so, I mean, that was a low point, uh, if you remember that. And uh, But the 49ers weren't as bad as they looked at that time, and they ended up uh, going on to win seven of their final nine, squeezed into the playoffs, and made it to the NFC Championship game. Last season, the 49ers didn't lose three straight, but they did lose four of their first eight. And then, of course, they went on to win um, their next 10 games. So um, I I wouldn't worry too much about the string that they're in. I don't like it. I hate to lose. And I I really want the 49ers to have home field advantage. But uh, I'm not too I'm not freaking out yet. So if they if they lose this game to Jacksonville, which is very possible because that's a good team. And then if they were to to drop the next game and, and now you're five and five looking at having to play Seattle, Philadelphia, and Seattle, then I'm going to be concerned. But uh, I'm not there yet. By the way, that 2021 loss to the Cardinals, the score was 31 to 17. 
If that sounds familiar, go back and look at the box score from Sunday's game against Cincinnati. Same exact score. Niner Jim asks, what's the answer? Kyle says it's in the locker room. How does this get fixed? Jacksonville is up next and will not be an opponent to take lightly. Yeah, it's it's mostly the locker room. I think the, the players have to stop making so many mistakes. They have to stop dropping passes. They have to stop turning the ball over. They have to stop committing so many penalties. They have to stop missing tackles and missing assignments. They have to stop missing sacks when they have the quarterback wrapped up. Um, and then the coaches have to coach better. Everybody has to be better. These losses are on the entire team not just uh, the players, not just the coaches, not just Steve Wilkes. So they all have to do this. And yes, uh, Jacksonville is going to be a tough out. And like, look, if you think it's it's stressful losing three in a row, try losing four in a row, especially when one of those four is to Trent Balky's team. I don't want to lose to Balky. Uh, Scott asks, assuming they don't, they don't today. Why on earth would the NFL not flex 49ers at Jags into Sunday night football? What am I missing here? So I guess it's still possible. Um, it's, the problem is that, the, that currently the November 12th Sunday night game is the New York Jets and the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't think that the NFL is going to want to move one of their New York teams out of the um, uh, a primetime game like that. And especially because the Jets aren't playing too bad. They're, they're still winning some games. Um, they, they've had some bad moments and they've had some good moments, but I, so I don't think that they're going to move the Jets out of, uh, out of that. Um, and even if they did, I, I don't know the, I think the 49ers and Jags, are probably it's probably the top matchup of that week uh, uh, November twelfth uh, date, but that doesn't mean that the NFL is going to flex the 49ers into that uh, spot. So Bryant, what's up, man? Bryant's telling everybody to smash the like button. Yes, sir. Good to see you here, Bryant. We've been doing the 49ers mailbag. If uh, for those of you that are just joining us. And uh, we've talked a little bit of Chase Young. We've talked a lot of other things going on here. Uh, here's my last question. Uh, this is from Rick. Wilkes sitting in the booth. Think about it this way. Your coach is on the field, giving you a high five, slapping your helmet, all fired up, keeping the momentum and motivation up, or your coach is in the booth. Where's the passion and fun factor? The offense is stagnant. Uh, that's a direct reflection of head coach Kyle. We can duck and dodge it, uh, but those are the facts and they are undisputed. So I'm not really sure what the offensive stuff has to do. First, the, the offense is not stagnant. They're turning the ball over, but I don't think the offense is stagnant. They're moving the ball. They're just making mistakes. I mean, Christian McCaffrey uh, fumbled in, in Minnesota. Um, and Brock Purdy's turned the ball over here recently. So I don't think that the offense is bad. And I'm not really sure why the, the offensive part's even in here because this is a question about Wilkes being in the booth. And so uh, we talked about that earlier, that uh, uh, Fangio has been in the booth. Um, D'Amico and Sala were on the sideline. Um, 
And, and like I said earlier, Shanahan said that he and Wilkes are going to talk about this. Matt Mayoko was on KNBR on Monday, and he said that he expects to see uh, Wilkes move down to the sideline. Uh, he said that there's advantages to that, like being able to talk to players like to Sean Gibson and Fred Warner. Um, and, and so just as a coach might say there are advantages to being in the booth, so there are advantages to being on the sideline. So I don't know. I don't know if Shanahan's going to try and uh, persuade uh, Wilkes to uh, to be on the sidelines or if he's just going to say, hey, what do you think the advantages are? And then let uh, Wilkes decide. But uh, but Mayoko seems to believe that Wilkes is going to be moving to the sidelines from the booth. Maybe that's the change that Richard Sherman was talking about. I don't know. But uh, Bryant said Chase Young is going to be great. Yeah, I think he's going to be uh, – I think he's a great pickup for the 49ers. I think that if I was an offensive coordinator and I was going to sleep each night the week before I'm having to play the 49ers and I'm having to prepare for Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead in the middle, Nick Bosa and Chase Young on the outside with an occasional Randy Gregory coming in, I might be a little bit stressed out. I might lose some sleep over something like that because this this pass rush early in the season looked like it was going to be pretty good. They've struggled here lately, but uh, man, Chase Young may be exactly what they need. And if so, um, that's going to make the secondary better. The corners, uh, as bad as Charvarius Ward's been lately, uh, it's going to make him better. He's going to get called for holding less because he's gonna, he's not going to have to hold as long. And so, um, I, you know, the, the one, one thing is that teams have been getting rid of the ball really fast against the 49ers and, and they're doing that to keep that pass rush away. But to, when you play that way, you have to meticulously move the ball down the field. And, and what that does is it opens you up for more mistakes um, you have to have some chunk yards in there. And when the 49ers have been able to stop the run and get after the passer, then uh, that's when their defense can force turnovers. That hasn't happened much lately, but I think that Chase Young could bring to the 49ers exactly what uh, they what they're going to be needing. So um, just checking uh, on Twitter here to see what uh, – what else we're looking at? Um, okay, so now let's see. Somebody's saying that it's uh, the guy who who said that the 49ers had an agreement with Adoree Jackson. They're saying that it's a, um, uh, a fake account. It's a parody account. And so that's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, looks like the, like the Onion or the Babylon Bee or whatever. So... Um, so, okay. If, if that's the case, then, uh, then, then I was wrong about the Giants screwing it up, but I'm still not going to apologize to them. So that's all that I have for today. Um, hope that everybody has a fun and safe Halloween, whether you're out taking kids trick or treating or handing out candy or out to parties or whatever it is you're doing, have fun, uh, be safe. And, uh, Enjoy that uh, that Chase Young. Enjoy that. Enjoy your time, uh, your your bye week off. Uh, hopefully, there's not too much going on. But uh, it's been fun uh, getting in here and talking some mailbag and talking some Chase Young. 
Uh, love the trade. I was hoping that they could add a corner as well. Um, I really wanted to see, like, I really think that uh, uh, Isaiah Oliver, I think that as a tackler, he's great. He makes a lot of open field tackles. So he's really good in the run game and in the short passing game. But I just think that they need to be better in the passing game from that nickel corner. And so I was hoping that uh, maybe they would do something where they would they would get somebody who, even if they weren't a number one, could be a solid number two and move Diamador Lenore inside. That didn't happen, but I am happy with the, the Chase Young uh, trade and uh, just hoping that he can really transform this defense. Uh, so everybody have a good and fun Halloween night.